Now, who's made the least amount of impact? Who should be eliminated? Well, it's the person who has no charisma. It's the person who, uh, well, coming into tonight, had a worse record than all the eliminated season two rookies. And it's the person who's an internet creation, who is an internet darling, just like Susan Boyle was. Although, as we learned tonight, Susan Boyle sings much better. The person who should be eliminated, Caval. And when he's eliminated, he should take with him this, that very unimpactful stare. The future is now. And welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT, the Shaman of Podcasts, <laughs> with your boy Nando O'Neill. And of course, your man Larry the Axe, aka one half of the Wednesday Night Delight. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> dude. So, for those who are wondering why we're giggling so much. We literally just recap Morrison on the previous episode, and yeah, we 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 can't we can't stress how much we really miss him and his theme song overall right now. Hey man, we're that's that's our tag team name now. The Wednesday Night Delight. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. NXT come on Wednesdays. We drop on Wednesdays. The when, Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night War. <laughs> Wednesday Night Wars are happening. Come on, man. Yeah, Wednesday nights the place to be, man. <laughs> So, yeah, welcome back to another episode. And yeah, this week we are uh, we're going to do things a little bit. Well, not differently, but we're going to bring back one of our makes too much sense segments. But in a way of just kind of an opinion, I would say. (laughs) So in the last episode, we were kind of talking about custom championships since in the previous episode, we had seen Lay Cool with their split women's tag team titles and we had mentioned that we believe this is the first time that a woman's title has actually been customized for a wrestler or in this case the the team of lay cool so since we've seen different custom belts throughout the years when it comes to uh stone cold steve austin john cena's different custom titles since he had the u.s and world champion or not world but wwe Mm -hmm. championship and most recently, I think it's been Daniel Bryan, I believe. Custom belts, most recent. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, with his eco-friendly championship, which I still want them to make as a mini rep- mini replica belt. Because I love that title, but I don't know if I want to spend that much on that title. <laughs> yeah, if they like knocked off 100 bucks from it, yeah, <laughs> I think I would get it. Yeah. So, yeah, we were thinking since now, of course, we're in, in the... Uh, Mist of the women's revolution. Well, it's been around for a couple of years now, but yeah, should uh, who should actually get that first first opportunity of getting the first real customized women's title where it's customized to the gimmick? Obviously, Laycool was also customized to the to the gimmick since it was a split championship, but it was still in the same design as the women's title during that point. But who's actually going to be the first woman to get? a custom title that is more designed around their real character and gimmick. Charlotte Flair. Oh. And then just bring back the big gold belt and make it like women-y. Oh, that'd be actually that'd pretty be good. clean as fuck. Yeah, yeah, If yeah. they uh, like brought back the like the big gold belt, mm-hmm. but I guess, you know, maybe made it a little bit literal because that's like a big title. That would take up a lot of her mm-hmm. torso. <laughs> yeah. So if you had to like take it down, maybe like, because I think it's 12 inches. Mm-hmm. Take it down maybe to 10. Yeah. You could even keep the strap black, but say, like, you know, if they wanted to keep the theme of women's titles having a white strap, mm. that'd be dope. And then I know there are like little diamonds, they're like little crystals oh, right, inside right. the belt. You could change the color of those too if you want to do that. Yeah. But I think Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Like when she gets 16, when she Ooh, gets to 16, <laughs> yeah. You give her, uh, give her her own big gold. I think you probably have the strongest case. I was just going to go with, of course, the obvious with Becky Lynch, but I can't really think of a 
proper design mm. that the belt would look mm. like. But I think you're right. I think just kind of paying tribute to the old old Goldie, and mm. at the same time, of course, with her dad. I think it'd be a really good look. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool because what she's closing in on ten or yeah, she can get like what is this? It's been like three years, five yeah. years, something like that. Come on, man. Yeah, she can do it. There's two brands jump back and forth. She can win like. <laughs> <laughs> As long as she just wins each title once per year for the next like three yeah. years, it's good, good to go, baby. Yeah, boom. And then she'll be still being like the prime of her career. She ain't got to start worried about like wanting to settle down and have babies yet. Yeah, so it's cool, man. Charlotte Flair is gonna get that first custom women's belt. Yeah, boom. The only other thing, the only other person I could think of, just from the top of my top of my head, would be during that time if they would have given Trish Stratus a, a custom title. It would have been kind of in that rocky, rolly, but kind of glamorized belt design. Oh yeah, man! They could have gave uh, <laughs> they could have gave Lita a title, put a thong on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, the one that would be pretty legit would be uh, a glamazon belt. That would look pretty sick. Ooh, because you have to put like a little crown on it. A, a crown with a fe- a phoenix overall design. Oh with, lord, with that would a, be clean as hell. Yeah, <laughs> making this out, man. Doing these ladies dirty. Come on, make it happen. Give charlotte her own belt don't make me have to dm her and make her implant these seeds i'm not trying to have andrade coming at me <laughs> well what about if ivory had one and it was a belt made out of ivory <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. i'm just spitballing here now yeah, i like that hey shout out to ivory man we sat behind her at an nxt show yeah it was during i believe it was the first nxt show out here in san jose at the, it was and she was super nice oh she was amazing we we had I think we had mentioned before a couple of other big, big names before they got big. But yeah, Ivory was also just hanging out and just just random ra- randomly having conversation. But she was, like I said, super sweet and super nice. And yeah, we sat <laughs> super random. We sat behind her and then I went to go talk to Rich Swan. Mm-hmm. And then Wale came to talk to him. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably still my favorite. How if if not in general show. It's definitely my favorite house show of all time, but it's pretty much up there with one of my favorite shows of all time that we've seen live, you know? Oh, yeah. It it, it Takes a Cake is like my favorite house show ever. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's, it'd probably be in the top five mm-hmm. like favorite shows that I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah, because the amount, the energy, especially because how we've mentioned before where the San Jose show is actually the first show where they went outside of full sale to do a actual live event mm. and they did a uh, a 5000 plus seat arena for the first time that's mm. that's never been done before and the energy level in that small kind of space which also felt large at the same time mm. and seeing the fact that it was WrestleMania week and it was also at night where I think it started at 10, if I remember. It didn't make any sense. It started super late. Yeah. Like 9 or 10 or something like that. Yeah. What the heck? But then I think that's kind of what helped it, at least in the first two hours, where the energy level was really high. Mm-hmm. But then once it started reaching the the third hour going into midnight to 1, 1 a.m., I think that's where definitely the <laughs> the energy level kind of That's where the fatigue settled mm-hmm. for show. Yeah. Man, that was intense. But it was a great show. Yes. <laughs> Top to bottom. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll get into the episode. So this is episode 26. This happened on August 17th, 2010 at the Robo... Robo Bank Arena? Is that how we say it in the uh, good old city of Bakersfield, California? All right. <laughs> just uh, just wanted to kind of throw it out there. I most certainly do not know anybody in Bakersfield, California, but shout out. Yes. They got a lot of shows over there. They've been friends, though, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Those are definitely their uh, their top draws. We are lower on the on the on the tiers out here. It's probably just really cheap to get shows over there. It's probably that's like, probably it. Yeah. The, the turnout is probably always hella good. Mm-hmm. And then the venues are probably super low to lock down. Yeah. Same thing with Stockton. They go there a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Though. Stockton, of course. Shout out to Stockton. I don't know nobody. Oh, no. My uh, my sister's dad stays in Stockton. Shout out to Stockton. Oh, nice. Yeah. Our, our boy Ryan used to live out there in, in Stockton as well. So, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We uh, start off the show with last week's uh, poll elimination. I'll kind of jump back and forth here where... Unfortunately, we lost our our guy Lucky Cannon. 
So the remaining rookies are Caval, and I'll kind of just slate their current record as well. So Caval is in first place at two and six. McGillicuddy is in second place at six and three, which is currently the best record from the remaining five rookies. Percy Watson is at three and five. And Husky and Riley are in fourth and fifth place, respectively, with a four and four record. Like we had mentioned before, where I like this season more because the way they're kind of going with the actual records meaning something. Because when you look at it, Caval is the only one that stands out because he has just a two and six record. But McGillicuddy having six and three and being in second place makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And with the other guys, they kind of have more of a middle-of-the-road record, so they're a little bit lower on, on the, the standing. So, yeah, I, I like how they're overall kind of booking this uh, this format mm-hmm. with this season. So we get into the first segment, and right off the bat, Michael Cole introduces Jamie Keyes as a co-host now. So big promotion for our, go- our girl Jamie Keyes, who at the start of the season – didn't even get a shout out, you know. <laughs> they didn't know what her uh, gimmick name was yet. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna call it? I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know the season's almost done. Ah oh, crap. crap. <laughs> no one told me. <laughs> I, I bet. Yeah. The, the Booker was like it was a it was a P three at that point, and then oh, it, it kind of just snuck up on him at the last minute. Like it's oh yeah. crap. I'll just do it. <laughs> we get a pretty funny impression by Michael Cole as well, where he kind of does a cabal voice uh, as. Uh, Jamie is introducing all the rookies to uh, the ring, and it, it sounded pretty good. I'll, I'll play the small clip of it. Yeah. <laughs> Talked to Cavall earlier tonight. Cavall confident that he's safe from tonight's double elimination. Then you see the pros for Cavall play cool. Can he talk to you like this in that low voice when you talk to That's him? That's his voice, so of course he can. There was one small production error I saw where, as the rookies were making their way to the ring the cameraman had stayed on the stage camera entrance for a little bit longer than usual because mm-hmm. i think he was either waiting for the announcement of percy watson or alex riley but at that point alex riley was already halfway down the ramp <laughs> so either the cameraman just didn't see him and still was waiting for him to come out or he was waiting for percy watson to come out next but yeah if you go back to it, it they just kind of stay on the camera and it looks like uh i don't know if you remember that one pay-per-view when Vince McMahon was facing God. <laughs> where oh, they, yeah, yeah. It kind of looked like that, where they just kind of kept the camera there and you expected like no one to come out. <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> so just a small one there. And yeah, we get Percy Watson coming out to his uh, his brand new Oh Yeah t-shirt, which mm-hmm. uh, might make its way to our online shop as well. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could even be weird or we could be funny about it. We could just uh, put my glasses on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i think we'll do that See, we can sneak down by <laughs> this week we actually kind of get open mic night part two as i uh had it here and uh i want you to know that this is my episode oh yeah this is the one that i've been waiting for oh, this, so <laughs> so i uh without spoiling it i somehow forgot about this this thing that we're about to talk about and was so delighted to be surprised again <laughs> is, is is the best way i can put it because in my mind i was thinking that oh it's just going to be another open mic night like the last one and in my memory i knew that it happened as soon as it started happening but i forgot about it completely until it actually happened so this is the one man so i'll uh i'll do the same thing where i'll kind of list out the the rookie and their topic. Oh yeah, let's go. But I'll uh, I'll scores over here for it, you and everything. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely kick it over to you when we get to the one that we are anticipating. Mm-hmm. So Percy Watson is up first, and his topic that he picked out was 3D. And yeah, what would you think? Um, you know what? I gave him a three for his 3D. <laughs> um, nice. You know, Percy is solid. Yeah, yeah, but. Percy falls into that Alex Riley thing sometimes where he just goes right back to his same thing mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. So I didn't I I wasn't impressed by Percy and I know he could do better. So I went with three. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's fair. And yeah, the crowd also kind of was a little bit mixed here in the beginning, but towards the end, he actually did win him over and got some cheers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I also felt it was. It was average because, just like you mentioned, 
He's he has strong mic skills, but just the topics that he talks about. Yeah, he yeah. just doesn't have it. He has great charisma and all that stuff. He just don't got no subject matter. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way to describe mm-hmm. it. So next we have Alex Riley, and his topic is Alex Riley. <laughs> yeah. Uh to no one's surprise, Alex Riley did what Alex Riley did his best <laughs> and talked about Alex Riley. Yeah. I went two, man. <laughs> I'm over it. I love it. He does it very well, mm-hmm. but I don't need to hear him do it every time. Yeah. He opens his mouth. It's like, I'm Alex Riley. I'm a bully. You're a nerd. Yeah. He was actually pretty good last week. I actually liked him in last week's episode where he clowned on uh, on Stryker. And he. I think he just had better timing last yeah, week. Yeah, he was right in his pocket when he needed to make those type of remarks. And it was perfect because it's like you almost forgot about it. So, oh, there it is. But it was right at the time where you just needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Ha, nerd. <laughs> exactly. He's like, he's a good brother. Ah, oh, he is a good brother. <laughs> Nerds. He was a good brother before the good brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, he got it too. <laughs> I, I'll give him credit where, even though for us, we're uh, we're kind of scoring them the same, the fans ate it up. And, they do, man. Yeah, yeah. They eat that crap up. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I can't be mad at him. Yeah. But because it's his performance when he does it is honestly like a four every time. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. just since like, you're supposed to be given this opportunity to showcase something more. Yeah. I've wanted more. I've mm-hmm. wanted something different because he does that without, you know, having to get it. You don't need 60 seconds of microphone time for you for us to tell us about Alex Riley. Yeah. We know about Alex Riley. It's kind of it's kind of similar to work where you could be doing the same job over and over. But if you don't strive to improve at it, you'll, of course, be really good at what you do. But then. You're just doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, you're just going to be really good at that. Mm-hmm. Specialist versus a manager. Yes, Come exactly. on, Alex Riley, be a manager. <laughs> so after that, then we get our boy, McGillicuddy, and his topic was just his competition. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yes. He went straight at the competition, straight at each one of his opposition's <laughs> faces. He dissed them. Yeah. Gave us a nice Caval impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> He even, I think he dissed Lucky Cannon. He ain't even there no more. I know. <laughs> he served everybody. So, you know, so I served Mr. McGillicuddy a four. My favorite one was when he got to Alex Riley. He was like, man, Alex Riley, he's the David Otunga of season two. <laughs> Where he, he he's good on the mic, but he can't go in the rig. I was, damn. <laughs> served him, and he wasn't wrong. <laughs> But speaking of serving, uh, I'm I'm just going to just let you take it where we get our boy Caval and his topic was NXT. Yeah, man. Caval went out there and had some fun. He did something that nobody saw coming because you would have thought that he ain't got no character mm-hmm. and he's just dry and bland. And he went out there and rapped. Yeah. What's your topic? Hey, man, I'm just going to have some fun tonight. The topic is going to be NXT. Go! So I'm going to flip it. All right, behind every great man is a great, great woman. The problem for them is I got two of them. You're supposed to be chosen, huh? The pick of the litter, except I'm going to be the hottest trending topic running Twitter. Go get a boy is sick. I'm going to go far because what I do is leaving people standing in awe. Showtime, you're too kind. Riley, you just whine. And Joe, I mean, Michael... (laughs) <laughs> You'll be a star in no time, but Husky's breaking molds and breaking all labels. But what he breaks best are called buffet tables. <laughs> Jay-Z's got nothing to worry about. So go ahead, call me rookie. Find out what I'm packing, because I'm the only reason for some total nonstop action. Well, after, after, by the way, <laughs> after- I'm not going to front. Without a shadow of a doubt, he wrote most of that. Yeah. And that part in the middle where he started dissing all of them, yeah, he freestyled that. Oh, yeah, I yeah. bet you one hundred percent that he freestyled that part right there. But yeah. then, uh, and then he ended it by saying a little total nonstop action, and yeah. like the crowd blew up. Oh, dude, like, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing that back in the day, like firsthand, and I just remember watching it, and I was just mad as hell, yeah, because it was like <laughs> super corny. And you know what? I just remembered this entire season revolved for me mentally around this one episode. Yeah. I kind of had just mentioned earlier where I remember this, but it totally just escaped my mind 
that this 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 rap ever happened until he started doing it. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. This is the mm-hmm. the infamous TNA rap that oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it made him like infamous for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, <laughs> that was like, hey yo, welcome to the WWE. Possibly you're gonna embarrass yourself more than anything else mm-hmm. in your wrestling career. So that was there, and he did that, but he rocked it. So yeah, Mr. Caval for those bars four. So I, I did some research on this because I just wanted to see, yeah, where, where this kind of came from. I listened to this clip from his appearance on this show called Unplugged. He had mentioned that this actually came from Vince himself, where Vince, not not the actual rapping part, but the idea that he needed to do something totally different to stand out. So he told him, yeah, just do whatever it is that you want. You can do anything as long as it's completely different from anything else that you've done and from what the other rookies have done and the goal is to at least just have people the next day talking you know talking about it at the water cooler that's basically all he gave him so i think that's where he got inspired and he had also mentioned that even though he was really good friends with mvp he actually didn't get any help from mvp to to write the rap itself oh that's cool so it was literally just all him that he ended up doing and yeah they uh he said that people, some people thought it was actually positive advertisement for TNA, but he was just doing it out of uh, out of reference since you know he had put his time out there in TNA. Mm-hmm. So that that's uh, that's the misconception uh, people get throughout the years is that they think it was supposed to that he was supposed to plug them at that point, but it was more just he just wanted to kind of reference where you know he had. Wrestled. I thought he was dissing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's thought it was. Thing. I thought I was like, oh man, he just went straight up. Went straight for the neck, man. Yeah, yeah. And he ended it. Yeah. And you know what else? Let me just back up a couple uh things to Alex Riley. Oh, yeah, yeah. While I'm still mad at him. <laughs> he went over time again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. You talk about one thing. <laughs> yeah. Get it right. So, yeah. Actually, one. <laughs> Matter of fact. Boom. So, four for Caval. Four for Michael McGillicuddy. And who's left? So... Last but not least, of course, we get our boy Husky Harris, and his topic was cowboy boots. So I'm going to tell you right from the jump that I gave him a four. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why right now. And it's because he just is so weird. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I loved everything he said. He said those were Barry Wyndham's boots. That was good, but the dopest thing he said was at the end. He oh, said, yeah. like, what well, I think he said, the devil wears cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what a coincidence, or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh man, that was clean. Yeah. And the the cool part is, of course, what he is now. He was already diving deep into that gimmick already, man. I know. That's why it was extra dope. Cause when I was sitting there listening to him, I was like, oh, look at this food just rambling on. Yeah. And then he ended it with that. I was like, oh man, you miss Cleo looking. Yeah. yeah. You know what you about to become. Wow. Yeah. That's foresight right there. It's it's so insane because how you're just saying throughout the whole thing, he was just promoting the boots of uh his grandfather and everything. And then all of a sudden he just kicks it into a different gear and does the facials and everything of what he is now. And yeah, he just got sinister out of nowhere. And it's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was almost touching what you were saying. And then it just got kind of dark. Yeah. 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 So I, I kind of have to agree with you on your scoring on that one. That one. Yeah. Cause this is like, (laughs) 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 to to me, my boy Husky and Caval are on the same level here with this, uh, this promo. Oh yeah. They nailed it. Yeah. he like Caval went out of left field and decided to just you know just rip everybody up with some bars and it was great. And, you know, in the back in the day, I probably thought it was stupid, mm-hmm. but now I appreciate it mm-hmm. after like understanding what he went through to do that. And yeah. I'm sure he was either if he had never like kind of like rapped out loud to nobody like that, I'm yeah. sure he was absolutely nervous. So oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I forgot to mention too in, in the same interview when he was thinking of the idea that was one of the first things that came to his head but in himself he was saying like you know i'm not a a a rapper or anything like that but he really just uh appreciated the music and just wanted to just give it a shot we're like why not at that point Mm -hmm. yeah and you could tell and like for that like that right there made me appreciate him kind of as a performer a Mm -hmm. lot so i thought that was dope so he got a four solid foe 
And so did Mr. Harris. Yeah. <laughs> for flipping the script and just going from like, that was almost like some Jake Snake stuff right there. Yeah, where yeah, it was yeah. like, he started off almost in one direction and just like turned to a whole nother. Like you could almost feel the energy of the crowd go down mm-hmm. with him when he was speaking. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that's control right there. Yeah. No, exactly. Cool. So that does it for them. But then Matt Stryker surprises everyone and reminds them that there will be a double elimination tonight. But they're actually going to do the first elimination right now. So everybody's kind of caught off guard. And Stryker also mentions that a lot of the pros aren't here tonight because they're touring in Asia at the moment. So he said that most of them had done their voting earlier. So this was a little bit different. And I kind of want to get your input where they actually don't do a poll results this time. They kind of just do a graphic. Yeah. It was uh it was similar to when they used to do the initial WWE drafts. So they did this here where they had all the remaining five rookies and they would just kind of shuffle their faces on It's kinda the- like, you know, <laughs> when you got to the little bonus place in Super Mario. Oh yeah. And, they, <laughs> and you had to get you had to like catch whatever item. So they basically do that. Yeah. And then, you know, you jump up. And then it gets the one right there in your face. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, you just got a mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> they uh, stopped the graphic or Mario hits the block. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's Percy Watson. So, yeah, I uh, like I just said, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it because I did prefer the poll result ones because it just kind of build the suspense a little bit mm-hmm. more. And I think it also kind of helps with if you are trying to get the the fact over that you want the fans to vote for the mm-hmm. superstars, they fu- they probably feel a little bit more included if they actually see the the order. But yeah. so I don't know. I to me, I I just preferred the the style that they've been doing before. I prefer the uh, the style that they've been doing, but I liked how that one happened because it gave it more of kind of like a wild card element. Oh, okay, okay. So just to to mix it up, I enjoyed that, but I think it almost kind of did them a disservice because mm-hmm. it was just like. You didn't get the big build up as to what was going to happen when and whatnot. But I, I I liked it, actually. It was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you make a good point with that. It was like, oh, bet you didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, and we're not going to pussyfoot about it. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit the block. <laughs> we get his uh, kind of farewell speech here. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank all of you out there in the WWE universe for your support. You know what I'm saying? For, for all your votes. For Showtime person watching, baby. You know what I'm saying? Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. And secondly, I want to thank my man right here, my pro, my mentor, Mr. MVP. I've learned so much from that man, I really appreciate it. The hardest working man in the business right there, right there, man. Hey, you know, I can't be angry, I can't be bitter because I've worked hard each and every day of my life to get the way I am, and I'm going to continue to do so. So I guess now I'm going to just take this time to evaluate myself and study and to continue to get better. But I tell you what, Showtime Person Watson is going to continue to have fun. He's going to continue to have a good time, baby, you know what I'm saying? Because best believe... If you got the dime, I got the good time. Let me hear you one more time. Let me hear you say it, baby. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like this one. And Stryker just kind of mentions that, you know, we still have one more uh, elimination that will happen later tonight. Mm-hmm. So we go to commercial break. And our first matchup of the, of the night is Michael McGilligutty going up against Zack Ryder. Ryder and McGillicuddy start off the match with, you know, some fundamental moves with some wrist locks until McGillicuddy hits a clothesline to get the upper hand. Then they start hitting some nice drop kicks and Ryder goes out to the outside. McGillicuddy tries to do a baseball slide, but Ryder moves out of the way and hits a big boot. It looked good, but it also looked odd at the same time since Ryder and McGillicuddy are almost around the same height <laughs> and they're also around the same body type. I love it. So I think that's what caught me off guard is usually it's a spot where it, when it's done when the size difference between both guys are a little bit different. You know, I love seeing little people use big boots. Yeah, it's <laughs> like not big men use the big boot. It's like, what? This is like a medium boot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you call that a, just a medium? Like boot? a mid boot? Mid boot. Yeah. <laughs> Ryder brings him back into the ring and he continues to stay in control by hitting the broski boot into the corner. Yeah. The commentators also do a good job of reacting to Percy Watson's elimination. Mm. And, you know, they're kind of shocked that Percy was the one to be let go. And they're still doing a good job of getting the concept over that there will be a second elimination later to come. Mm -hmm. So in the closing sequence... Ryder is outside of the apron when McGillicuddy tries to bring him back inside. Ryder does the hangman grab to kind of get 
McGillicuddy's throat on the top rope. Mm-hmm. So as he um, as he's kind of dazed from that, Ryder slides back into the ring and yeah, quickly just hits a Rough Rider for the win at 348. I forgot that the technical move for that is the leg lariat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I gave it a uh, pretty average score because I think it was kind of a short match, but the way these two work together, I, I really liked it because kind of it kind of goes back to what I just said with them having a similar body type. I think that kind of worked in the advantage for for both guys, you know. So all these matches are kind of sprinty. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, we get extra, we get, instead of just a couple, we get three. Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I like that match. Yeah. Sometimes the short matches are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it, too. And both guys are uh, really good in the ring, too, mm-hmm. so. Good, good Technically job. Technically sound, so Ex- you don't really need to do too much if you could just get straight to it. Yeah, exactly. So after that, we get a video cap, uh, video recap of the SummerSlam results. I'll get into that more into uh, later into the episode. Mm. But w- then we go to a backstage promo between Kaval and Lakel. They uh, all three of them do a team high five, and then Kaval kind of walks off screen, and then Michelle is wondering what Layla is actually doing with uh, Kaval because she kind of brings up the kiss from two weeks ago during mm-hmm. the kissing competition. And Layla just says like, oh, it's nothing. And, you know, she's just a passionate person. But then she kind of admits that, you know, sometimes she does close her eyes to uh, just imagine Kaval's voice and everything. It's hella funny. <laughs> so as Michelle is uh, mimicking that and kind of closing her eyes, Layla kind of walks away. And then <laughs> our boy uh, <laughs> Husky kind of just sneaks out of nowhere <laughs> and uh just sneaks up on michelle what do you say here? do you believe at love in first sight or should i walk up again yes <laughs> dude i love how how many care how many layers of his character husky has at this part of his career yeah, you know it's like instead of big daddy v we got big daddy husky in yeah here. yeah if we had Kaval dropping bars as maybe tupac then uh huskies are are uh Snoop Dogg uh, Dog. Or no, I was gonna say our big papa here. Mm. <laughs> I'm with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to spoil any future episodes in case you're following along, but I definitely uh would love to see a Husky and Michelle pairing <laughs> oh just goodness. because of their inner I thought they had really good chemistry. They actually do. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even care. I, I would take it even right now. It would it'd be fun if she just joined like the Firefly Funhouse for no reason. <laughs> just like just to be like the ultimate callback for no reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. How about look at that. Yeah. Who's gonna remember that? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> so we go to uh commercial break and yeah, the next matchup. We actually get the first time where a singles match gets run back three times because this is the first time Husky, Harris, and Caval go up against each other for the third time. Hmm. This hasn't happened before where we've had rematches, but we've never had a three-peat, so to speak. Nice. So, yeah, I I like it because they came back from commercial break and Josh, Cole, and myself all marked out to uh, Dashing Cody Rhodes' theme song for no reason. <laughs> I think... I think it was similar to I think last season with uh whose theme did I I do the same thing with where or was it um or actually it may have it may have just been MVP where oh, <laughs> yeah yeah where I, I think I just enjoyed it even though I've heard it already I think it just that timing of it coming from commercial break and it just playing it oh yeah sometimes a nice well timed uh, oh, oh entrance. no oh no it was uh it was Jericho it was Jericho when uh. When they, we come back from commercial break and then you just hear break the walls. Yeah, that, that's always a good one. Yeah, too. yeah. So same thing with Cody's. It's just a good coming back from commercial break theme to play. And yeah, uh, Josh was singing along to it. So it uh, automatically gets your head up. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. So I, I had here. I, I haven't really had the time to follow AEW as much, but I'm really curious if anyone has referenced his dashing gimmick in AEW yet. So it, it would be pretty cool if whoever he's facing kind of takes a nodge at him with. with mm. uh, yeah, I don't think they've gotten that far. Yeah. I know he's messing with Sean Spears right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't know if you got this one, but then Cole was trying to do a, a comparison with the internet and Brett Favre. And even Josh was saying like, uh, that's kind of a stretch joke. I, mm, I didn't catch it. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch it either. It's was, it was kind of random that they were uh, just talking about it. Love it. So to start off the match, Husky is, uh, you know, getting getting the advantage early with just some clubbing blows, so to speak. Mm. And 
attempts to do a suplex, but then Caval reverses it in midair and starts kicking him and actually counters, uh, counters it back into the uh, submission hold that he had done last week, mm-hmm. which, uh, again, he did it really well. Husky is able to regain control and does a uh, a hard shove on, yeah. Caval, on Caval into the corner. And I had here to, you know, I, I just like how they play off of each other's body types here, similar to the first matchup where or actually say not the first matchup, but the the previous matches that they had, mm-hmm. that they have good chemistry by making the most out of each but uh, each of their body types mm-hmm. here. So normally that probably wouldn't look that devastating if Husky was doing it, say, on uh, on a bigger dude or similar to his size. But since he was doing it on Caval, it, it just looked like it was more extra. Oh, yeah. Way more impactful. Mm-hmm. During this uh, during this match, Lay Cool are also screaming at Husky from the corner during the whole match. And the commentators also do a good job of getting over the pairing of Lay Cool and Caval saying that, you know, they're actually helping him grow out of his shell. Mm-hmm. So it's something that he wouldn't have done if uh, if he wasn't actually pair with them. So I really like that whole idea that they're kind of getting uh, getting the gimmick over at this point mm-hmm. with, the, with the pairings. Then I, I really like the spot where Husky was attempting to do a, an Irish whip. And then Caval kind of just, you know, puts the brakes on and then counters it with his uh, somersault front kick. Yeah. Oh, God. And, you know, kicks... Husky squarely at the top of his dome. Pretty split much. his wig. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where that comes mm-hmm. from? Split his wig. <laughs> yeah, and Caval is on fire pretty much here at this point and just has all the momentum where the crowd's behind him and he starts hitting his uh, trademark jumping kick from the middle rope mm-hmm. and also got a big crowd. Uh, I should say got a big pop for that. He only gets the two count, but in the closing sequence, Husky unfortunately goes to that to the well too often. Yes. He <laughs> tried to hit him with a couple of a uh, couple Uranagis. Yeah. He landed yeah, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I think Caval sandbagged him a little bit. And then he went for it again. And then he got him in a almost like a Maivia hurricane <laughs> type of counter from the Uranagi. So it was pretty funny to see like both of the rocks moves just work together. It did, right? It like, oh wow. And then he set him up. And then uh <laughs> He gives him a warrior's way, and he like caved in his chest. Yeah, I was, I was like, damn that. Oh man, he like stepped. Up. <laughs> he tried to sit up and brace it, and he just bam right in the middle of his chest. I feel, I feel they did the spot last time too, where Husky had given him a really strong move, where it, whether it be his senton splash or the same hard shove, mm. and then Caval kind of gave him his receipt with the foot stomp, but he definitely did it in this matchup, for sure. I think, you know what, maybe guys go into matches with him, like, you know, if he's built to beat me with this move, mm-hmm. I need to let him know that I'm not a punk during the match. Oh, that's true, yeah. It's like, so I'm gonna get something stiff in on you. If you're, if I know you're gonna go over on me, and you're gonna be stiff with that, I need to get mine in. Yeah. No, that's a that's a fair point. It, ha- it better be, because, like, he shoved him for real in the corner pretty hard. <laughs> and then that first Uranagi, like, Caval did not jump. Yeah, he yeah, just, yeah, He deadlifted him up and threw him down. So he was just getting ready for the inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> Warrior's way, chest craving. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, and he picks up the victory at 3.06. And like I had mentioned, I, I liked it. Even though it was a short match, I, I really liked these guys and... From their three encounters, I actually I think I I do like this matchup the most. From- yeah, they have really good chemistry. Like I kind of thought this may have been the uh, slowest, mm-hmm. like one of the lower ones, but it's still like a really good match. So shout out to them for sure. Yeah. After this, we get a graphic recapping Percy Watson's elimination from earlier in the night, and head into commercial break. Then we get our main event, which is Alex Riley versus Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. We also get before the matchup starts, we get a, a raw recap of a encounter between the Miz and mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. So Daniel Bryan was going one on one with Michael Tarver and the Miz and Alex Riley actually went down to the to the ring and distracted Daniel Bryan, allowing Michael Tarver to pick up the win, which is uh, actually Michael Tarver's second victory over Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So he is uh, 2-0 and against... Then he beat him with a tour at Islands. Yes. <laughs> and I think that was also Tarver's first victory during his NXT run. So mm. 
And after the match, you know, Brian, of course, tries to go after the Miz and Alex Riley. But then all three men kind of get the upper hand and beat them down post match. So we'll kind of recap that whole thing later. But as we start off this show, Josh, or I should say, as we start off this match, Josh kind of plugs the next pay-per-view, which is Night of Champions. So I actually did have some time to kind of recap something that we were talking about (laughs) on, on the previous episode. So I'll go through the whole Night of Champions slash Class of Champions recap for you here. <laughs> Come on, man. Google me. So Night of Champions was actually started in 2008, uh, two years before this pay-per-view. This went, out, this went up from 2008 up until 2015. And then they retired the pay-per-view name and changed it to Clash of Champions that we have now. So that started in 2016. They had one in 17, but they actually didn't do one in uh, 2018. So they didn't do one last year. And they're returning back to uh, to September with this one uh, this year in 2019. So this is Clash. No, this, this is, yes. So this is Clash of Champions. Okay. So the original one, which was WCW's Clash of the Champions, was actually a two-hour tv event similar to kind of the um king of the ring, king of the ring or kind of uh takeovers but if takeovers mm-hmm. were on tv as opposed to on the network mm-hmm. yeah the original concept similar where they just had the champions defending their titles majority of course was the television title at the time goddamn right and this started back in 1988 yeah also similar to takeovers they had clash of the champions roughly three to four times uh in a year ah so it was very similar to takeovers where they were specials that happened every every three. Oh, that's every dope. Three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sadly, the last one was in August of 1997. So I, I think that's when they were doing the whole NWO thing. So yeah. I think they kind of just scrapped it at that point. Oh. And uh, a fun fact that I saw in the thumbnails, Clash of Clash of the Champions 24 was back in August 19, uh, 1993. And that one was with the infamous Shockmaster debut. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I forgot that that actually came from a Clash of the Champions special. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Come on, baby. Sorry. So what? That WCW had Clash of the, Champ- the Champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE had Night of Champions. champions. And yeah. now they have Clash of Champions. Yes. So that is where all these championship-inspired shows came from so it's still a wcw derivative yes <laughs> suck it <laughs> suck it wwe yeah that and uh war games and nxt it's, it's definitely- yeah they that is the, was a clear rip but i love it yeah because they made it cooler i think i don't remember the specifics but i think recently cody was trying to trademark bash at the beach and trying to take it over aw but I don't know what had happened to that because nah. the the copyrights had expired for WWE and I I think the last one they had was just called the Bash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's why they were going for it. But I don't know if either WWE got them got the rights again or if some other uh, promotion had taken mm. taken that name. But yeah, Cody oh, was definitely oh, trying that's to. Dope. Hey, Bash at the Beach was like uh, SummerSlam, right? Yeah, that was pretty much SummerSlam, man. But they like really did it at the beach. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like... WCW did literal pay per views where they had <laughs> it was that they had Road Wild yeah, and yeah. it would be like at a biker place. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, oh. Halloween Havoc was more like, Halloween, Halloween thing. <laughs> like, WCW was tight. I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> It's definitely one of those things where it's definitely grown on me more as I, I've gotten older. You have to like go back and appreciate mm-hmm. WCW. Like I have to go back and appreciate like certain early '90s or like late '80s hip hop. Yeah, because I was like a child at that time. So to go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh man, this is before his time. Yeah, or like watching on a heart matches. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh my god, this guy was way before his time. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So yeah, WCW was like watching Owen Hart all the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And that first hour was like watching Owen Hart for an hour. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Another fun fact, I didn't even know, but Owen Hart actually wrestled in early WCW, which is pretty crazy when you think about the whole Hart legacy. I know, right? Yeah, I remember reading that. I was like, what the? Owen Hart, man. Shout out to Owen Hart for sure. Yes. Cool. So to start off the match, there was actually pretty interesting commentary, which I like where Josh had mentioned that 
Cole has always given the the pros an advantage whenever there's been a pro versus rookie match. Mm-hmm. But he thinks that he's going to give Riley the advantage since he knows that Cole loves Alex Riley and the Miz. But Cole actually surprises him and says that, you know, actually, I don't think Riley will beat Kofi Kingston, but I think he'll give him a good run for uh, for his money. So, yeah, I was actually surprised by this, too, and, and kind of shows that even though, of course, Cole has shown some bias towards the Miz and Alex Riley, he's also kind of keeping the uh, the kayfabe of the concept of the show where when you see it on paper, Kofi's the IC champion. So even though he likes Alex Riley, the chances are that Kofi is still going to beat him. Which Yeah, yeah. as well he should. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Cole came back and I'm like, you think you know me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It was he went all edge on him. <laughs> Don't you ever. Yeah. So to start off the match, Riley hits a front drop DDT, which I, I'm i really wondering why no one has ever done that as a finisher. It was, the front drop DDT. It, you know how Christian does the flip? The, the reverse? The, oh, yeah. Seth Rollins did it once. Oh, did he? He did when, when he was in that <laughs> when he was in that little stage of like looking for a finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the curb stomp. Yeah, he did that uh, uh, like at least once. I was like, uh, I you know what? I actually hate that move. I hate it, but you you don't lie to me and say that that can't be the next overdrive or the next crossroads. <laughs> it should have been really. To be perfectly honest, it should have been. I would take that. Over the overdrive for sure. Yeah, yeah. If people started doing that, because then you could get some variants. You could do like a a lifting, like yeah, yeah, yeah. flat, you know, f- front DDT that I'm surprised nobody like really does. Yeah. It's, it's just ugly, I guess. Like, But yeah, it, it definitely fits that default finisher when you can't think of a yeah. finisher. The uh, the implant DDT is kind of... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It used to be real dope back in the day when Gangrel used to do it. It's like, well, that move's hell tight. Mm-hmm. And it's like you started seeing everybody do it. It's like, oh. Yeah. Edge kind of stole that move after a while. He smooth jacked that move yeah. from him. <laughs> I know. He took the spear. He took he the... That was mine now. Took uh, Mortis's uh, original move, too. And... Oh, oh, you know what? The the flatliner is is a classic uh, hand-me-down move. Mm-hmm. The, oh, the yeah. flatliner, complete shot, reverse STO. It's all the same move. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing it, it's a throwaway. Yeah. Sadly. So, yeah. I kind of had the same thing here, too, where Riley and Kofi do a lot of exchanges and just fundamental moves throughout the match. Nothing too unique, but since both guys work really well together, mm-hmm. they just do everything smoothly, where I think that's the the point of it is that even though it may not be the most um, elegant thing or not elegant, but just more ex, ex, um, spectacular move, yeah. move set. If it's done right, you, you won't notice it how smoothly they do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. As opposed to if people are trying to do really over-the-top moves, but it looks kind of clunky, mm-hmm. then it kind of takes you out of it. But if you kind of just see both guys doing these fundamental moves really, really well done, then you won't even... Oh, yeah, man. If you got good fundamentals, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It'll just look good. I mean, it'll be kind of junior because you could tell because everybody does a headlock. But if you see somebody do like three headlocks, four arm drags, it's like, oh, okay, you have a limited move set probably. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, McGillicuddy is actually supporting Kofi from the outside on uh, instead of being on the apron, which mm-hmm. I, which I really liked. Kofi then hits his boom boom drop, mm-hmm. and yeah, he just starts kind of calling for trouble in paradise with his claps, similar to when Orton is prepping for an RKO mm-hmm. where he's just kind of stalking him. And yeah, he just kind of just hits trouble in paradise and gets the victory at one fifty five. So I liked it, but you know, it's it's a very short match, so I can't give it too high of a score but i definitely liked how well both guys work together in this matchup this is around that time where everybody like was calling for their finishers mm-hmm. like <laughs> it was just a popular thing to do it was, you just had to hit your pose right before you was gonna do your finisher yeah, yeah so yeah. like it's funny to that it, uh that really just started to kind of cross over into wwe when like you know it's always kind of been a thing, but just the way that everybody started doing it was much more posy versus oh, like yeah. back in the day, like it was, you know, somebody would hit that, like the cross arm thing or you do the throat cut. Now it was like people really started to have more poses with yeah. it because Randy Orton had a whole sequence and then it's just so Japanese yeah, and yeah, anime-ish. Yeah. That's, that's like... Well, I was trying to describe um, New Japan Pro Wrestling to somebody yesterday. Uh-huh. And they were like, what's like the biggest difference? I was like, well, from a visual standpoint, they look like they're beating the crap out of each other more. And <laughs> it's 
it's like watching anime. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to the commentator, the way they're screaming out the moves and the way the guys are doing their poses so dramatic and the way they act is way more melodramatic yeah, yeah, yeah. in the ring that they just they tell their stories much more extreme. Yeah, yeah. So and they just didn't get it. I was like, I got none for you. Yeah. <laughs> if uh if that synopsis didn't help you out, then I, I can't. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I Dave's like, I don't really watch anime. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, we're uh, maybe this just ain't for you. <laughs> Did you think about that? Yeah, <laughs> he gets the victory there, and then we go to commercial break. And when we come back, we get to the SummerSlam week recap, which is kind of a combination of SummerSlam and our Nexus update. <laughs> So SummerSlam week was in L.A. and the superstars did a lot of different things like community service, uh, a library event and the outdoor access, which is kind of similar to the idea that we talked about before with SummerSlam Coachella. Mm. (laughs) So we're slowly getting there, man. We're slowly getting there. Mm, (laughs) And they also do a DJ party with Carmen Electra and R-Truth. That is definitely one thing I don't think i would ever have said on an nxt podcast before this episode so hey there's a uh you can find it on the internet there's a picture of r-truth and tupac oh yeah yep. oh yeah i remember hearing that mm-hmm. on raw we actually get a pretty interesting storyline here where each member of the nexus has to compete in a series of matches throughout the night and the biggest stipulation is that if anyone actually loses their matchup they're going to get booted from the nexus mm. So Wade Barrett actually gets a victory over his former pro, Chris Jericho, which as of this recording is the current and first AEW champion. Michael Tarver, as we mentioned earlier, had beaten Daniel Bryan. Justin Gabriel gets a victory over Randy Orton somehow. <laughs> it, was, it, it was actually by countout thanks to Sheamus. So kind of uh, makes more sense now. <laughs> there we go. And the team of David Otunga and Skip get a victory over Truth and Morrison. And Slater also gets a countout victory over Edge. Darren Young is actually the one who is the boldest one in the main event. Who he called out John Cena. Yeah. So I know. Called out his doppelganger. <laughs> well, I was going to say that where I, I remember this being a thing back then, but I just don't see the resemblance that much. You, you can't see them next to each other. Okay. But it's just a certain angles in certain times Darren Young looks like John Cena Does I don't he? understand how yeah but I just remember looking at him like yo you look like John Cena but uh-huh. black but like, like John Cena dark like but because <laughs> those angles he don't look like an African American dude uh, okay. but then at certain angles you'd be like oh okay that's an African American man but it's like alright no that's a John Cena man yeah 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 I don't know I can't really explain it but I've seen it and I still see it yeah is it the original dress thing where some people see it white and some people see it blue? <laughs> Is it the original one? It, it might be like that, but, you know, preceded it, predated it even. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I love it. So, yeah, the Nexus are actually watching this matchup on the stage throughout the whole thing. And uh, Cena gets him in the STFU. And, yeah, unfortunately, Darren Young taps out. Then the Nexus run down to the ring and it looks like they're about to do a similar attack on John Cena, but they actually let John Cena go. And sadly, they actually do keep their word and then beat down our boy Darren Young, very similar to the previous Nexus beatdowns. And yeah, I kind of forgot about this, to be honest, and do want to see the next episode to kind of see our next next our next (laughs) Nexus update (laughs) to see what. The fallout is here because I I forgotten that they were slowly kicking out their own members. And oh yeah, we're almost getting to that really really weird time in the Nexus that when they split. Yeah, yeah, because I know what is the future of it, but I forget like how we get to that point. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting seeing these recap videos. Yeah, they turned to the NWO basically. Yeah, <laughs> really quick. <laughs> Man, the next thing is a uh, quick segment here where. The commentators are actually in the ring for for no reason. And Striker actually wants to get their input since they get to see the rookies and know the rookies the best since they see them from week to week. Mm-hmm. So he asks them if, uh, you know, who should win and who's made the uh, most impact. Cole says that Alex Riley has made the most 
most impact and should actually win. And that he says that Caval should actually be eliminated because he's made the least amount of impact and actually does an impression of uh, Caval's face, which I totally forgot about. And I've definitely seen that face done in a bunch of memes recently where it's just like Michael Cole's face <laughs> pretending to be uh, Caval. <laughs> but in my mind, I was also saying that, how dare you, Michael Cole, say that Caval has not made any impact when, you know, if you didn't hear his rap from yeah, earlier. Yeah, <laughs> they're giving you his heart through music. Plus, you know, TNA has a lot of impact. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> Double entendre. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is the one that kind of caught me off guard because then Josh says that even though it's not a, a popular uh, opinion, he kind of backs up Michael Cole with everything and agrees with his picks. It's weird because he mentions that uh, Caval didn't do anything tonight, but one, he, he won his match tonight. And two, he rapped. <laughs> yeah, like, why are you guys kind of, like, crapping on Caval when he did everything you want? Yeah. In one day. Yeah. <laughs> he did everything that they've been wanting him to do. Yeah, in, in one the of- same night. Like, what more do you want? Yeah. But they are entitled to their opinion. Yeah, but it will be reflected in my scores later, gentlemen. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so we go to commercial break, and we go to the last segment here, which is the second elimination of the night. Striker and the rookies are waiting ringside and very similar format to earlier where they kind of uh, just show a graphic of who's being eliminated. But before that, Striker does mention that we only have two weeks left before the season finale, which uh, ironically is our season finale. What are the odds? What? How's that line up? We're good. <laughs> so, yeah, we get straight into it and we get the uh, random select graphic <laughs> from any uh fighter video game that we uh we had here yeah our boy husky harris gets eliminated you know it's uh it's pretty sad but when you look at who's there he's most likely to get eliminated mm-hmm. sadly so we're getting really into the thick of it how dare you how dare you all of you pros huh. zach Ryder, yeah you're a pro good luck in your future endeavors pal and layla you're so busy just wanting to make out with every NXT rookie. You're a real pro. And you people, yeah, you should really have a say in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's only fitting. It's only fitting that I would say this in one of the laziest parts of the country. You people stand outside the fire. You have no idea what it's like to be a pro. And you. You want to be Mr. Perfect Jr. so bad that you can taste it. Well, do you know why you don't go by Mr. Perfect? Because you don't deserve it. And Caval. Caval. Oh! I think I'm going to start saying, how dare you? (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) That That is such a... A gentleman way of just not cussing, you know? Dude, if you run up on something, like if somebody says something to you and you come back with how dare you, they will be se- severely surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and how dare you? Yeah, yeah. Like, Whoa, I didn't mean to offend you. Yeah. Ah, psych. <laughs> and I have here that I thought Caval was going to be the only one dissing everyone tonight, but Cody literally goes all Dave Chappelle on everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, he went to town on them and pretty just, hardcore. He just starts dissing everyone. And I mean <laughs> everybody. He disses. The pros, he disses the fans, he disses the other rookies. He, it's it's uh, it's really funny. And he gave them the business, and uh, shout out to Cody Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> so once they get to Caval, both Cody and Husky kind of just take a cheap cheap shot at him and start beating him down. But MVP and Kofi kind of help out Kofi, or I, I should say Caval. And Caval, yeah, just goes to the top rope and actually does a Warriors way while uh, he does a warrior's way while Husky is trying to get back up. On, oh, yeah. On his so feet. I guess that was like kind of supposed to be to the head. Yeah. So I, I had it here where it's very similar to the old SmackDown games where you're trying to do a ground finisher, but your opponent <laughs> kind of <laughs> gets stood back up in. and then like you just jumped and kind of collided into him. And then they just kind of collapsed again. <laughs> so, you know, it's not supposed to happen, but it kind of happened. <laughs> or like you hit the wrong button. Yeah. Like you did your ground like attack. But they were standing, but you still got a hit for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the wrong animation. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's exactly how I saw it go down. (laughs) At that point, they're finally able to separate both men. And yeah, Husky finally walks away and joins Cody on the ramp. 
we yeah we just kind of close out the episode with all the rookies and pros just yelling at husky and cody and that does it for the episode so yeah i, I liked it i i like the closing segment here where we got over um husky kind of being really disappointed and cody just kind of uh <laughs> freestyling on everybody here i i thought overall it was a good episode and i'll uh run down our post show facts and let you get into your scoring here mm. so just i just had some literal fun facts in this episode where this is actually zach Ryder's first victory when he went up against michael mcgillicuddy on nxt this also marks the 20-hour mark for the grand total show show duration. So there's been 20 hours of content so far mm. that we've reviewed. And yeah, like I mentioned earlier, this is the first time that we've repeated a singles match for the third time with Kaval going up against Husky Harris. Three-peat. Three-peat. So yeah, what uh, what did you give this uh, episode here? So I have a, a pretty interesting kind of spread out. It's a pattern. Mm-hmm. So uh, commentary, I got three. Okay, I felt like it was a uh, they were fun, but it was pretty average and fun. Yeah, matches I went four, even though they were short, sprinty ones. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was a nice variety of matches. Oh, okay. Production for me was standard, so I went three. Entertainment, I went four. Oh wow! Because uh, <laughs> nostalgia is great. Yeah. <laughs> I'd been waiting for this episode the whole time. And then when it finally hit, I was like, oh, man, this is exactly what I just remembered of how absurd it was. Yeah. So that was a good episode for me. I went three, four, three, four. Nice. Yeah, I think the the thing that you mentioned, I think that's how it was for me with last week's episode, since mm. I had seen it live and had remembered bits and pieces of it. And same thing with this episode, just that segment with Kaval. It just gave me like a flashback of like, oh, yeah, that's what happened in this mm-hmm. season. So, yeah, kind of similar. I, I I think I scored a little bit lower than you, but I did give commentary a three as well, mm-hmm. where I think they did a good job of recapping what had happened with the the Nexus update on SummerSlam and also kind of getting over the importance of the eliminations. But kind of the thing and this one, I didn't really want to lower it on the um, commentary as much because it was more of a segment with the commentators in the ring and Josh and Cole kind of picking the same picks, even though that Kaval had done everything that they wanted him to do that. I'll, I'll lower it a little bit on production for me. I gave matches a three because kind of how you mentioned, I, I did enjoy the matches, but I just wish that they respectively went on a little bit longer than they did. But I, I, I still enjoyed each match and, and thought everyone did a, a good job tonight. Right. Production, I originally wanted to give a 3.5, but I also gave it a 3 just because of what I had mentioned earlier, where the kind of pacing and booking of of the show was a little off where, Mm. yeah, with with the whole thing with the commentators kind of being counterproductive of the points that they had brought up earlier in the season just didn't match up with their uh, their characters and the story that they've been portraying. Yeah, so I think. That's the only thing is that they weren't being consistent with the stuff that they had brought up in previous episodes. So just a slightly lower number there. But overall, I gave it a uh, 3.5 for entertainment because, yeah, overall, I think this episode was really fun and forgotten about the uh, how how good the promos were here for the open mic night again and Caval <laughs> and, <laughs> and Husky killing it on the mic this week. So, yeah, overall, I really like this episode. And with that, we will go to our combined score. And this week, we give it a 3.3. So, nice. yeah, that kind of averages out and I think is a very respectable score for this episode. We will get into uh, next week where Stryker had mentioned we are closing in to this season where we have two episodes left and this one is uh kind of strange because even though we have the uh the rookies who are trying to prove themselves next week we actually get another pro versus pro match where it's cody rhodes going up against mvp mm. so kind of strange that they have the pros go up against each other when you know the rookies should be proving themselves in the last episodes but either way i still am very curious how we get to that stage i'm wondering if um 
they were pulling double duty. Ah. Like if they wrestled on SmackDown and NXT, ah, okay. or if it's like, well, you didn't wrestle on SmackDown, so you're gonna wrestle on NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if it's you know, knowing them, they did both. Yeah. <laughs> and they were in Fresno the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised because nowadays, maybe just because they have two different brands and tour more often, when they come to California, they do all the California runs in one week. But it seems like they're they stuck around in California for at least two weeks here because the week before they were in San Jose and there's and, you know, San Jose, L.A. And then they kind of stuck around with uh, Bakersfield and all these other shows. So. Yeah, because what they did with L.A. and then San Jose. No, uh, sorry, backwards. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they did San Jose last week, uh-huh. then leading up to SummerSlam, which was in L.A., and then they did these shows in uh, in Bakersfield. So it's kind of interesting that they stayed local for, for two weeks. That's funny because it's hella back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's like here, down, and then back in the middle. Yeah. And then they probably flew out somewhere. Totally yeah, different. yeah, yeah. Or, or went to Seattle or something. Like I know. That. I was yeah. like, what? Come yeah. on, man. Oh, yeah. So that does it for this episode. I uh, I don't really have any. Do you have a plug for this? I one? was just looking for one. Okay. And I couldn't find anything. Uh, shout out to whoever needs shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, my only shout out would be to our new online shop. So in case if you haven't noticed, we've had some of the designs from this season. I think we'll see depending on how much interest there is if uh, you like any of the shirt designs from season one Mm. i know some people have brought up that they like the shirts that uh michael tarver had worn with the run nxt and the nwo inspired Mm. nxt shirt so maybe i'll 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 work on those next so yeah (laughs) if uh if you haven't checked it out go check out our t public website with some of those designs and pick up either the nxt inspired shirts or our own half k shirts yeah yeah you be uh, supporting the podcast and getting the word out. Yeah. Awesome. So that will do it for us this week. Remember to join us on Wednesday night. What are we yeah. Wednesday night delight, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Tag team champs coming soon. <laughs> and that will do it for this episode. We'll see you next time. Yeah.